Welcome to the sermon podcast of First Church of Christ, where our goal is to lead generations into a life-changing, ever-growing relationship with Jesus Christ. We pray that you are encouraged and challenged by today's message. Good morning, church. If you're joining us online, we're glad that you're here. Um, if this is your first time here, then you are uh, here on an interesting Sunday for your first one. It's going to be kind of like a family meeting, so you've been warned. Um, there, there are many days in our lives that no matter how you approach it, it's going to be difficult. And this is one of those days. Um, allow me first to address the elephant in the room. Um, on Friday, you should have received an email from me. Um, and if you didn't, then that means the church doesn't have your information. So it would be great if you gave us that over in the Welcome Center before you leave. Um, so we can stay connected. But on Friday, I sent an email to you all um, that started out with these words, and you should see them on the screen. FCC family, there's no easy way to share this news. It's hard to say and difficult to process, but I would like to let you know that I am resigning as the lead pastor at First Church of Christ. Please allow me to say up front, thank you. It's been a privilege and an honor to serve alongside of you for these past five years. You welcomed my family and me with open arms from day one. Thank you for the support that you've shown Sarah and me. Thank you for caring deeply about this church. Thank you for caring deeply about this community. And thank you for everything. Sarah and I are grateful for you all. Um, <clears throat> This has been one of the most difficult decisions for Sarah and me to make, um, and in explaining it, it's going to be hard to do that as well as it was in first service, um, because throughout our time of prayer and wrestling with the Lord, we've been continuously reminded at how richly the Lord has blessed us over these past five years with relationships and the privilege and honor to serve alongside of you all. Um, as the great theologian Winnie the Pooh has said, how lucky I am to have something that makes saying goodbye so hard. Ever since the letter went out, um, I've gotten many text messages from many of you, and uh, they're all gracious, and I'm so grateful for your kind words and for reaching out. Um, this last week has reminded me of the words of King Solomon from Ecclesiastes 3 as he Reflects on life, is what it says. <clears throat> There's an occasion for everything and a time for every activity under heaven. A time to give birth and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to throw stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to avoid embracing. A time to search and a time to count as lost. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. Now, I don't know for sure for each and every one of you particularly, but whether you look at today as a day to mourn or a, time, a day to... Uh, to dance, I don't, I don't know for sure, but let's all agree, if we could, please, church, it's not a time to kill. Okay, amen? You just laughed, you didn't say amen. Okay, 
<clears throat> but that's life, isn't it? Ups and downs, happiness and sadness, laughing and weeping, beginnings and endings, and unexpected turns. See, back in the summer of 2010, um, when I surrendered to Jesus, I never thought that one day I'd become a preacher. I never thought Sarah and I would quit our jobs and move to Cincinnati. I never thought that I would become a youth pastor. I never thought I'd be an associate pastor. I never thought I'd become a lead pastor. And the truth is, in 2018, I didn't think we'd end up coming to Bluffton. But the Lord had made it clear throughout that process that this is where we needed to be. For however long that would be, we didn't know, but we knew this is where he wanted us to be. Since then, these last five years have been full of blessings, some challenges to be sure, but many, many blessings. And that's a huge reason why today is so hard for me. Over these last five years, we've shared in an abundance of experiences together. We've laughed together, we've cried together. There have been weddings, there have been funerals, and I've been honored to be part of both. We've had meals together. Many of you have been in our home and many of you have invited us into your homes. We've worked through challenging news and we've celebrated good news. I've been able to share in some of the most difficult times in some of your lives. One of my most bittersweet moments was visiting with Jan Elliott and her family as she was in the hospital, being able to pray over her and feel her spirit leave her body and for her to go and be in glory. This whole process has been a reminder of the stages of grief that we talked about two years ago. Shock and denial, anger, bargaining, sadness, acceptance. When I was telling the staff the news on Monday, I told them, hey, I understand the stages of grief. I understand there might be some times when you just want to, you know, hit me or something. <laughs> uh, please don't. <laughs> for us, there's been, Sarah and me, for the, there's been plenty of sadness and bargaining throughout this. And that's because of what the Lord has done here. It's because of the relationships we've been able to enjoy here. But we are walking forward with humility and godly confidence because we've seen him God at work in our lives, orchestrating this path forward. See, for Sarah and me in our household, a big word is intentionality that we try to live by. And one of the passages in scripture that talks about that, that we hold dearly and try to live out is Ephesians chapter five, verses 15 and 16, which says, pay careful attention then to how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. As I mentioned in the letter, for some time, Sarah and I have experienced a growing stirring to return to the city. But as we've been thinking and praying about the future, we've had a lot of consideration for timing, both for the church and for us, especially our kids. You see, Sarah grew up in Idaho, which many of you know that, and then in middle school moved to Indiana, and then subsequently in all of her middle school years moved every single year. And as many of you know, um, middle schoolers, or you've been in middle school and you've seen the struggle that, that is for kids, that's a very weird time in life. And being the new kid only adds to the complexity. So we didn't want to do that to our oldest, Kyrea, 
Um, we didn't want to move and have her be in the thick of middle school in that time. Um, so we agreed that we needed to decide about the future um, by the summer of 2024. That way, if we did decide to move, we would do, it, do so at least by Kyrea's fifth grade year, our oldest, giving her a chance to make connections before she enters middle school. So that brings us back to what we've been wrestling with and experiencing, a growing sense that a return to the city was in our future. See, I enjoy the city. I told you this in the letter. Um, the, the, the diversity, the energy, like everything that comes with it, but the stirring goes beyond just the city. Um, in general, we've had a desire to return to Fort Wayne, specifically, the place where my family is, and use that proximity to minister to my many nieces and nephews and siblings who need a godly influence in their lives to be able to show them what it looks like to follow Jesus. But narrowing down location to one city when you work in vocational church ministry is a challenge on what that means for employment. Because when you do that, um, it's not as open. Usually when a, a pastor is open to like where the Lord is leading, it usually requires open, openness to a whole region or the whole country. Um, but narrowing down location to one city when you work in this is quite challenging. So this has spurred a lot of prayers for us and a lot of questions. And as we've prayed about it, it's become clear that ministry may look different in this new season of life. See, we've seen God's hand in this and because he's had his hands in what we've been praying about for our family, I know that he has been moving forward and moving ahead of us for FCC family as well. I know that he's been orchestrating things just like he's been orchestrating for us. As, you, as I told you in the letter, <laughs> uh, starting in January of 2024, it's still weird to say, I will be a high school history teacher at Snyder High School in Fort Wayne. Uh, I know that sounds very random. <laughs> I know. But you remember how back in 2010, I never thought I'd be a preacher? Well, you can add to the list, I never thought I'd be a teacher either. But the truth is, in some ways, this is me stepping outside of my comfort zone, which I've preached to you all so many times. <laughs> now I get to step into it myself. And it's scary. I'm a little freaked out, too. I'll be stepping outside of my comfort zone and stepping into a whole new world and one I don't feel like an expert in or even close to one, which is quite humbling. And in other ways, I believe that the Lord has uniquely prepared me for this role. See, my heart is and always has been for those who need God the most, for those who don't have a home that tells them about Jesus, and the heart's always been for them who need God to show up in their lives, people who have never even considered Jesus, people who have never or would never darken the door of a church, at least not yet. And the opportunity to join the other followers of Jesus who are faithfully serving and ministering to students in the schools as teachers and aides and administrators and all the rest, it's an exciting challenge for me. 
But over the years, there have been moments, I'm sure you've had these moments where you've thought, if I weren't doing what I'm doing now, what would I do? If I weren't leading a church, what would I do? And as I have wrestled with that kind of question or just kind of had thoughts, being a teacher and coach was one of the ideas that made a lot of sense to me. See, I I love teaching. Um, I love working with teenagers. They're a fun bunch. And I love coaching. And I wholeheartedly believe that when there's more Christians in more areas of society, it's all around better for society. And that includes the schools. So when we began praying about a move to Fort Wayne and the implications that might have on possibly not having a church to work at full time, I looked into what it might take to become a teacher. See, for those of you that may not know, Indiana has a transition to teaching program which is designed for career professionals, which I know some of you wouldn't call me professional, but that's fine. (laughs) To transition into teaching. Um, And so after talking to Purdue Fort Wayne about the program and making a few connections with Fort Wayne Community Schools, I ultimately decided that I was not going to become a teacher and would pursue something else. And that was until a certain Monday morning came. See, I was praying about the future and asking the Lord to to give some clarity. A lot of these things don't make sense. What does this look like? All of those things. And I said, amen. And I went back and started working. And and then about an hour goes by, I check my email. And in my email at the very time I was praying an hour earlier, so I don't have notifications turned on for emails because that would be terrible. but I, I noticed that there had been an email sent to me at the literal time I was praying. <laughs> and it was from the principal of Snyder High School. And I freaked out. And I ignored it. Because I'm like, Lord, I did not, nope, we decided. <laughs> that wasn't what we're doing. So don't know what you're doing here, but I'm going to just close that tab in my browser and go back to work. Well, an hour goes by and I get a call. See, many of you, maybe some of you know, I still have a 513 number, which is a Cincinnati area code. Um, and it's a, it's a perk because all of us get spam calls, right? And if you have a 260 number, what do they do? It's a 260 number calling you, right? So you're like, oh, maybe this is a person. Well, if you have a 513 number, I know. If it's a 513 number, it's spam. Yeah, manipulated the system, amen. <laughs> So I know that when there's a 260 number calling me, it's a real person. And as soon as I got that call, my phone rang, I'm like, oh no, it's him. (laughs) And so I answered the, the phone and I was praying and praying and praying that whole time and trying to discern, Lord, am I supposed to, like, is this, what, what, what are you doing? And as we spoke over the phone, I just continued to pray. And as we went through the whole process, it became clear that the Lord was working out the timing and he was laying this opportunity in my lap. And what I've learned over the years and what Sarah and I have learned over the years is that when the Lord shows up, we've got to say yes, no matter how scary it is. So in January, I'll begin a new adventure as a teacher. And around that same time, Sarah's gonna begin a new adventure of her own, starting to work in the accounting field. 
And eventually, at the very least, by August, we will make a move to Fort Wayne. We just don't know exactly when. So you may be wondering at this time, like, Brandon, are you done pastoring and preaching then? Is that what this is? My answer to that, no. I don't plan on, uh, on, on stopping. I do plan on seeking out guest preaching opportunities once I get my feet under me. Um, and additionally, I am open to vocational church ministry. Both of us are, if it is an opportunity that the Lord gives us in Fort Wayne. At the same time, I'll continue building a resource I've been building since 2015. It's called Preach and Lead, where I provide pastoral training for other pastors and um, am able to be kind of like a seminary professor without the, like, all of the structure of a seminary itself. And it's been something I've been doing, and I'll continue to do that. Sarah and I also have some exciting dreams of the future, starting a couple or two or three ministries together, one of which is one that we're really excited about and been praying about for a long time, about starting a marriage ministry, because we know um, what marriage is, what happens when they're not strong, and we also know what it can look like to have a thriving marriage, and we are very passionate about that, so that's going to be something we continue to pray about, and we've also, from the beginning of our time in ministry, have thought about starting a church, a church plant and may pursue that in the future too. But I do look at the opportunities we have in Fort Wayne, in Snyder High School, and Fort Wayne in general as ministry opportunities. Ministry opportunities to be present for students who may not have a supportive home life, for families who are in desperate need of hope, ministering to our family, my kids, Serving at a church as servant volunteers, like many of you do here. I'll continue pursuing writing opportunities or projects and be open to whatever the Lord leads to. And no matter what, we will strive to be open to how the Lord leads. And when he says what he said in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8, when he said this, Who will I send? Who will go for us? We will strive to always answer, here we are. Send us, as I hope and pray you do too, when he calls. So I hope that in all of this, um, this can be an encouragement to some of you. In that, if maybe the Lord has been stirring in your heart and your soul on something that seems quite scary. Maybe you've had a sense that he wants you to take a leap of faith maybe to start serving, to lead a community group, to have a Jesus conversation with a friend, to lead a ministry, to change your job, or something else. A, a journey of a scary future. And so I hope that this could be an encouragement to you that if he's leading you, no matter how scary it might seem, no matter how much you feel not equipped, no matter how much you will fight with God, that you'll be willing to say yes, no matter what. And take the steps that he's inviting you to take. <laughs> Allow me to invite you to apply a passage we've been kind of trying to live out as a family and as a couple 
Uh, it's Philippians chapter four, verse six through seven. It says, don't worry about anything. There's no exceptions. He just says, don't worry about anything. But in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Friends, while we may not know what the future holds, what do we know? Who holds the future? Every time. Even when you don't know what it's going to look like, even though you've got all kinds of objections as to where it's leading, God is always working. He's always working. Friends, I want you to be encouraged, just like God has prepared Sarah and me for taking on this role five years ago, just like he worked in our hearts throughout that whole year of 2018 to get us ready. He is preparing the next person for this work as well. Trust that. Friends, our heart for FCC has always been, when we first arrived here, to leave it better than we found it. After all, because all of, all, all of us are interim in our roles on this earth. Because we'll either, we'll either move on, we'll either retire, or we'll die. So we're all interims. Leave it better than we found it. I believe we are doing that. And here's a few reasons of the many reasons I could point to. See, the church's finances are healthy, much due to your generosity and the leadership's generosity and the leadership's good stewardship of what has been given. Uh, the elder team is strong, wise, and caring, and I do believe that the two new additions to the team will be great as well. The staff is fully aligned and wonderfully gifted. It is a beautiful thing to see behind the scenes how they work together. The ministry teams here are strong, and there is a great plan already put in place for 2024, which we all believe is what our church needs to continue moving forward. And remember, this is a passage I've always reminded myself in this role and in any role I've ever had as a follower of Christ, is that this is Jesus' church and he will build it. Matthew 16 says this, verse 16, Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. You're the king. You're in charge. You're the one we've been hoping for. And then Jesus responded, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. Will not overpower it. No matter what the future holds, he will continue to build his church. Some, some just logistics in case you didn't get the letter or you forget, um, just to remind you, my last Sunday is not today. Um, my last Sunday is gonna be December 31st and I find it really fitting and kind of cool that the Lord is going to allow us to end our time here in a similar way as we began it five years ago. Talking about Advent and the coming of Jesus, the fact that he looked at each and every one of us from heaven and saw our plight and saw our struggles and knew every 
frustrating moment, knew every struggle that we were going to have, knew the pain that we were going to go through, and decided to come down for our sake so that we could have freedom and life with him. And so I'm looking forward to that, and I hope you are too. Here in a moment, Ken and the elders are going to be coming up to share what their plans are for FCC moving forward. But please allow me to leave you with this. I know that transitions like this can make a temptation to kind of wait and see what happens and kind of cautiously and passively watch from the sidelines as you kind of just wait to see what comes next. But instead, let me just encourage you to consider, obviously it's up to you, to consider making three decisions moving forward. Number one, to commit to FCC, be a part of it, be a part of solutions. Number two, pray for FCC, pray for the leaders, pray for this church. And number three, stay connected. When you've got questions, ask. When you're not sure what to say or what to do, ask, talk. If you've got questions for me, ask. I'm here. It's been an honor to be your pastor. And I'm grateful that I've gotten to know each and every one of you. And Fort Wayne isn't too far. And from the bottom of my heart and Sarah's heart, we love each and every one of you and appreciate all the support you've shown and all the trust that you've given to me to be able to be in this role these last five years. Amen? Let me pray. King Jesus, thank you for being good. Thank you for always going ahead of us. Thank you for being our good shepherd. That no matter what we face, no matter what kind of twists and turns you invite us to take, we know that in everything and all of those things that you are with us, that you don't leave us or forsake us, that you're there and when we get off track and we uh, follow our own ideas, you're there to welcome us back into your arms with a loving embrace. King Jesus, I pray that you would continue to build your church as I know that you will because you said you would. Continue to work in this body, to continue to be a light in this community for another hundred years or more. Continue to, to, to bring people to faith, continue to work in their lives, continue to use the individuals in this room to be light and salt in this world. I thank you, Jesus, for allowing me to be a part of what you're doing here. And I pray that you would continue to do the work that you set out to do. We love you, Jesus. We pray in your name. Amen. Morning, church. I'm going to ask uh, Dan Levine to lead us in prayer before we uh, get started. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning to, first of all, just thank you for all that you do for us. Lord, as we approach this uh, phase in our church growth and life again, we ask that you help us to maintain our focus and our view of uh, Christ, 
that we keep our eyes on him, that we come out of this as much stronger and uh, we continue to do your will and continue to grow. In Christ's holy name we pray, amen. We'd heard uh, a few months ago that Brandon was going to uh, <clears throat> resign and obviously the elders were saddened by this news. And as he's mentioned, his last day will be December 31st. Um, I'm going to mention Brandon's name in several aspects here as I read through this. And if you would add Sarah's name to that, because they came to us as a couple, and it takes two people to lead in the ministry as they've done. And uh, it's been a, a great blessing to this church to have both of them here and their family because uh, without them working together, it would have been difficult. And they've really made it a lot easier for us elders to, to do some stuff along with them. Just some of the accomplishments I'd like to go through. They've established a staff that works together towards FCC mission statement and vision. Brandon and Sarah led along with the staff through 2020 COVID year. Who doesn't remember how much fun that was? What a treat, huh? You wouldn't be sitting like this, uh, that's for sure. So those were difficult times. Strengthening times as a congregation, I think. Along with the staff, they've worked to establish community groups, which have been, I believe, a blessing to our church. Uh, getting together as, as one group uh, gives us a solid foundation as a church. It helps us to share things a little bit more closely than in a gathering like this of a couple hundred people. It's a lot easier to be open and honest with your communication. And if you aren't in a community group, I would, I would urge you to do that because it is a good source of camaraderie and companionship and accountability. It works very well for a congregation. Brandon has counseled many individuals concerning baptism, marriage, and becoming a Christian. And we're thankful for that. I remember it's probably been two, maybe three years ago, it was in the summer, July, August. Uh, a person came to Brandon and wanted to be baptized in the Salamone River. So I had the opportunity to go to this baptism. And uh, it's pretty dry that time of year. So I remember seeing Brandon walk out there in the water, trying to find a place where the water's deep enough to baptize somebody. And that wasn't an uh, easy thing to do, but they got it done. And I thought to myself then, you're not going to see too many ministers do that. You know, well, you can wait till our baptistry's done, or we can go to another church and we'll baptize you. But no, this gentleman wanted to go there, so that's where Brandon went. He's helped the elders with long-term plans. He's a, a massive planner. He plans things out to the nth degree. And that's been good for us. He's kept us on the straight and narrow. He provided sermon documentation on an annual basis. To that point, 2024 has all of the sermons listed. So I know every sermon that will be preached in 2024. Now that's planning ahead. And he's done that all five years, and we certainly do appreciate that. 
He's left FCC with a well-organized and a solid staff to take us into the future. The elders have met with the FCC staff and discussed the future of FCC. On Tuesday, after Brandon announced to the staff on Monday that he was going to be leaving, uh, as elders, we met with the staff, and we wanted to do that as soon as possible to give them an idea on what we saw in the future, the direction we thought we should go, and how we were going to get there. So we tried to do our due diligence as time passed. And it was kind of interesting. The staff, and very, as I mentioned, solid and well-organized, goal-oriented, they... Uh, said that they could handle it. So going forward, um, before we uh, get a lead pastor, as we do a search, Mike and Taylor will be assisting in giving the sermons until we do find that lead pastor. In the future, we don't know how long that'll be, but we're going to start searching here probably in the next two weeks. We were, I think, well pleased with the staff that they wanted to step up. They were united in saying, we can handle this. We can do this. They knew it was going to be an added burden to them. They were going to have some things to do that maybe they hadn't done in the past. But they were willing to do that. And I think as a congregation, we need to really, if you see them, thank them. Because it's, it's not going to be an easy road. But we all know that. But... You know, if we aren't challenged, we don't get stronger. So as we go forward, uh, as elders, we've put together a list of people from the FCC congregation that we would like to ask to be on the lead pastor search team. If you are one of the people that's asked, I would ask you to prayerfully consider being part of that team as we move forward. That'll probably be in the next week or so. You might be receiving a call. January of 2024, we have a 40-day prayer calendar for a pastoral search. It will be available to the congregation, and we'll probably have it online also. The elders urge you to participate with us in using this calendar. Elders, thank you for your servanthood and your support over the last several years and your patience. We've seen that in your giving, which has been phenomenal. And where your money is, that's where your heart is. So we know that we have a solid congregation moving forward also. So as we close today, I'm going to ask Jim Brown to give us a word of prayer. Would everyone please rise? <clears throat> Father, we just come to you during this time thanking you for all that you do for us. We just ask that you be with Brandon and Sarah as they travel in this new adventure and just be with them like you have in the past. We ask that you be with our church, be with our leaders, be with our staff. May, uh, may we be conscious of your love for this church and for the love of people. We just ask that you uh, be with us during this Thanksgiving season that we are approaching, and, and we'll just give you all the honor and glory. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. And you are dismissed. 
Thanks for listening to this podcast by First Church of Christ in Bluffton, Indiana. For more information, visit FCCFamily.com.